Welcome back to the Expanded Minds podcast. Today, I've got a special guest with me, and his name is Alex from Playing With Fire. Alex, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Had a long day, but yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Of course, of course. Now, would you introduce yourself to the fine young ladies over here, as well as to the audience watching? Yeah, I run a channel called Playing With Fire. We specialize in the finest revenge porn on the internet. So, you know, like if you have sex with your girlfriend, and uh, you have a nasty breakup, you know, you, we put it up on my channel. I'm just kidding. We do, uh, we do men's dating advice, uh, self-improvement type of thing. Yeah. Cool, cool. So we're doing a little bit different, something a little bit different today. Um, not the average podcast. So we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of speed dating. And I hope that, you know, men and everything can learn from, you know, Alex and how to like date and things like that. So why don't we... Go ahead and just hop right into this. And yeah, we're going straight to the speed dating, huh? No warm up, no foreplay, straight to the sex. <laughs> straight to straight to the speed. <laughs> yep. So we're gonna go ahead and Genevieve, you're gonna go first. So okay. Gotta remove you. All right. What up, Genevieve? Hi. I like your name. It sounds like it's from uh, like King Arthur or something like that. Yeah, I love it too. I, I also go by Jenna. Okay, cool. Were your parents like big fans of like medieval history or whatever? Or? No, um, I was named after a great aunt who was named Elizabeth Genevieve. Okay, cool. Yeah. You, got, you got your hoodie on. You got like the emo goth girl look. It's not usually. It's not usually the scrunch. If I'm if I'm being completely honest, but it, today it's that's what we're going for. But. <laughs> Yeah, you look like you're going to hit up a grunge show, like, right after this. I know, yeah. Are you on that scene a lot? Oh, no, not at all. Like, I'm exactly <laughs> opposite. Yeah. No. Yeah. Was, yeah. No, definitely not. My ex used to be into that, though. I remember when I was, like, 1920. She used to be all about that lifestyle. But, yeah, not me. Yeah, it's a bit it, – yeah, it was, it was a spontaneous decision. I'm not sure if I regret it yet. Spontaneous decision to wear the hoodie or spontaneous decision to come on here? Oh, all of the above, um, but to dye my hair, actually. Oh, okay. My hair is usually, like, blonde or, like, red-ish. Um, what's your natural color? Brown. Okay. I mean, cool. it's, like, a light brown, but yeah. When I was 22, I used to dye my hair blonde, too. I used to be, like, a bleach blonde. Yeah, it's a fun look. But You're, it, pro you're probably, like, right around that. Like, how old are you? You're, like, 21, 22? I'm 19. Okay. Oh, wow. You're super young. Damn, girl. And what do you do? You're in, like, college or something? Yeah, I'm mechanical engineering. So I – it was funny. I was – when I was um, – when Ezekiel stopped me, I was on the way to the lab to work on some 3D printing stuff. So Can you, can you 3D print me something? Nice. I could, yeah. Oh, really? You can just 3D print anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. Oh, that's fascinating. Can you like 3D print a laptop? Um, <laughs> we can print. So, well, in our lab, we can print plastic, anything plastic. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> probably not. I mean, we can make a computer, but it wouldn't be functional or interesting. Can you 3D print me a statue of myself? Yeah, but somebody would have to design it, is the thing. Well, just you, you could just give me a little bit more hair and then the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. It should be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I need some decorations, spruce up my apartment a little bit. I'm going to be moving soon. So, you know, I might need more decorations. Yeah. 
but you do have a dog and I'm very obsessed. Yeah. You like Huskies? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a dog too or? I do, but it's at home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where's home? In LA, but um, it's where my parents live. So I don't tend to go there. <laughs> oh, you don't get along with the parents? Not right now. No. Oh, damn. Was it like a big fight? Yeah, family therapy went pretty rough lately. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. I also missed a midterm, and that was – I don't know who told them, but I got oh. back, and now they're pissed. The parents weren't happy with little Genevieve skipping her midterms. I know. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going all in. We're going grunge. We're going fucking emo. Good. All you have to do is like start an OnlyFans now if you want to be a complete rebel. I know, right? Exactly. That's, you know, I mean, it's kind of like perfect that, you know, I got stopped and asked if I wanted to, if I was feeling spontaneous, because that's kind of what my life is right now. Yeah, well, this is actually an audition for uh, for uh, porn porn audition. Man. That's actually why they brought me on here. I'm a, I'm a big time Miami porn director. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I make the big decisions. My dog nice. is uh, my cameraman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Does he do a good job? Is it steady? To all the places I can't get into, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. He's a little bit more nimble than I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Um, But so you live in LA or where do you live? Yeah, I live in LA um, on USC's campus. Cool. I used to live around there. I used to live in Koreatown. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I lived there for a few years and I lived in uh, Santa Monica, Hollywood. I used to be all about LA. Where are you now? Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I moved uh, 2017. I moved out of LA. What made you do that? Uh, I got tired of it a little bit. You know, there's certain things about LA that started to annoy me a little bit. Uh, But I initially moved to Texas because I wanted to live in more of like a small town. And then um, I got tired of Texas. So I was like, I can either go back to LA or go to Miami. So I decided to try Miami. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just try it out. Yeah. Well, I've been here for five years. It's pretty cool. I like Miami. That sounds fun. All right. All right. There you go. So, Genevieve, hypothetically, if you two were both in LA, maybe Alex asked, Are you feeling spontaneous today? <laughs> Would you go out on a date with me? Yeah. Oh. What'd you like? <laughs> yeah, send the hearts to you there. Um, what'd you like about Alex? Um, he asked good questions. Uh, definitely really engaging. Made the conversation really easy and fun. Awesome. Plus, the husky helps. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right, cool. So, let's do another round, second round here. We have the lovely Natty. And uh, let's dive right in. Cool. How do I say your name? Unadi? No, most of the people saw, like, pronounce it wrong. So it's Unati, but like. Unati. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You... But like, I like people call me Unity because it's like people are more used to that word. So I'm like, uh-huh. okay. I'm guessing you're either like Indian or Pakistani, right? Uh, I'm an Indian. Okay, cool. What, uh, what part of India are you from? Uh, I'm from New York, Delhi. Happy been to India. 
Okay, no, I've never been to India, but um, I have an Indian roommate, and I also like read some books about India. So you're okay. Right. So you're you're from the northern part of India, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I heard you guys yeah. are more like uh, more open. Like the northern Indians are more like open minded and like free free than like the southern Indians are more conservative, right? Uh, you're basically stereotyping the people based on their region. So like, it's basically like you can find all kinds of people everywhere. So it's like you cannot define like who's like very open minded or like not open minded. Well, where are, like where are the cool Indians at? <laughs> Definitely where they are. Okay. Not in not in part of India. <laughs> okay. Are you using a green screen or do you have a super nice background? It looks like a green. No, screen. it's just a good background. It's a green screen, so like I was okay. just trying it on. It's fun. Yeah, I was gonna say you look like you're in like a mansion or something like that. Yeah, right. I have a piano. You can as yeah. you can see. Yeah, the only yeah. problem is every time you move, it glitches. So then, like that's when the cover yeah, is. You exactly. You stay very still. And then, uh, yeah, and then you can keep your cover. Right. So, do you speak English, Hindi? Do you speak any other uh, Indian languages? I just speak Hindi, uh, but like, yeah, that's it. I mean, a lot of other people speak a lot of like other languages, but like, I just speak Hindi apart from English. So. You don't speak like Urdu or something? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah. I know they have like 20 million languages in India. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> Yeah, so like, so like, what about you? Like, um, where are you right now? Like, and how did I'm, you? I'm I'm in Miami, but uh, originally mm. I'm from Russia. I was born in Russia, moved to America when I was seven. Uh, but yeah, I've been living in Miami for like five years now. Okay. Uh, so like, um, uh, as you said, you lived in LA. So like, how come you come to US and from Russia and? Well, I mean, I was seven years old, so I didn't really have much of a choice. You know, it was mostly, okay. I, you know, they weren't really asking me. But um, I think it's for the cliche reason, like they both wanted a better life. I don't know. Like yeah. my parents were pretty, my dad was pretty successful. So maybe yeah. he had, I think also he might have had some issues with the government, I suspect. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But yeah, yeah, I think they wanted to just get the fuck out of uh, Belarus. Okay. So like, is he like some kind of like top secret agent or something? So the government uh, has like uh, some... <laughs> Nothing that exciting. My dad was a businessman, but uh, he made his money in like the early 90s. And typically yes. what was happening at the time is like the people who were making money in the very early 90s, the government was yeah. finding ways to take their money away, like with bullshit okay. charges. So I think my dad was worried about having that happen to him. Okay, that's a, that's a wise decision. So like, uh, have you like ever visited back Russia or like... Yeah, I went back when I was 16. I, I had strep throat for like the whole trip. I We, yeah. we landed... They almost didn't let me. Uh, they almost didn't let me into the country because uh, of some like passport issues. Uh, we had to bribe our way in, and then the next day I got strep throat and I was like laying in my grandma's bed all day, all trip. So yeah, it wasn't the best experience, but yeah, I went back once. Okay, okay. So like, um, would you like to go back there again, or like, is this, is this like? Okay, I'm good. Nah, like. it. It's cold. The people are sad. <laughs> it's been a pity time. Now I'm more yeah. interested in going to other places like. Southeast Asia, exploring South America more. Right, right. South America is also on my bucket list. So I'm like, yeah, when when will I get the chance to go there? I don't know. Well, what, what do you waiting. do? What, do you have like uh, some free time or what do you do? Are you a student? Do you work? Yeah, I'm a student right now. I mean, um, so like for the next one year, I'm busy. So like once I get a job and stuff, I'll be like a free bird. I'll, I, I can go wherever I want. 
Oh, why don't you do like a study abroad program or something like that? Uh, I'm already studying abroad, right? Oh, are, oh, so you you go to <laughs> yeah. India and then you like tramp? You did a study abroad program in uh in LA? No, it's basically like I'm an Indian, so like I moved to US to study here. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that. I mean, not exactly a study abroad program, but like internationally studying. So yeah. Okay. You're one of those international students. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. I got you. Uh, yeah, I did a study abroad program in uh, New Zealand. It was a lot of fun. I was there for like five months. Yeah? Was, back when I was in college, but that was a long time ago. Where did you go to college? I went to uh, Boston University. Oh, interesting. What did you major in? I was a marketing major. Oh, so like... I'm I'm all intrigued. How did you get into like what you're into right now? What what am I into right now? <laughs> like uh, maybe like making YouTube videos and like I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure what you're into <laughs> <laughs> because it was not very clear. <laughs> um, how did I get into it? I kind of fell into it honestly. I was in 2017, no 2016. <laughs> I was working a corporate job, and yeah. um. I was in my free time. I had like, I was just posting stories about like my sex life and shit, my dating life. Yeah. And then a lot of people seemed to enjoy those stories. So uh, people kept joining my Facebook group and then it just kind of grew from there. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it, it was purely accidental. That's nice. So like, I, you must be having fun. Like, corporate, how, like, did you like the corporate job more or like, this is more fun? No, I enjoyed this a lot more. Yeah, fuck the corporate world. I remember when you <laughs> Yeah, I know. I mean, I used to, like, I used to be in corporate, like, a few years back, but, like... Oh, damn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt right there, but, uh, got a question for you. Sure. So, would you go on a second date with Alex? Um... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take that it. Was the, that was in that segment right there, the speed dating segment. And uh, let's go into an open interview. Um, and I kind of liked your question that you actually asked right there about, you know, how Alex got into what he was doing. So um, real quick, Alex, uh, we can start with this. Like, so how did you start to develop your dating skills? And what were the holes in your game, you could say, that uh, that took you to the next level in which you were more confident around women things like that uh are you asking me how did i start learning game or how did i start playing with fire Is there well both that? so we'll start with uh how did you start playing with fire and then well i think it's a combination of both because in order to actually give out the information you have to have a good game obviously so yeah well the playing because i had no intention of ever starting like a pickup dating company when i got into game um i got i because i was just really bad with girls when i was growing up uh, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 19. Uh, yeah, I was just like not, didn't really have good social skills or ability to date or whatnot. So um, my one of my friends when I was 21 gave me the book, The Game. And that's how I learned about the pickup community. And then I went balls deep pretty much right away. Uh, in terms of starting playing with fire, it's kind of what I was telling uh, Unati. Um, sorry if I just butchered your name again. But yeah, I was just, um, you know, I, I was working a corporate job. I've always enjoyed writing. It's something I've always been good at. So I just started sharing stories, like some of my hookup stories from Tinder and whatnot in a Facebook group. And people kept like, you know, joining my Facebook group. And some of those people would message me and be like, hey, man, can you coach me? So kind of all started with that, like with that. 
Uh, but I had no intention of like making a business out of it or something like that. It was purely just for fun in the early stages. And then uh, the company I worked for, was I worked in the solar industry. Uh, but after Trump got elected, uh, the solar industry crashed because all the investors pulled out. Um, there, there's a lot of things people don't know, but the solar industry is very much uh, relies on external financing. So if the investors pull out, like the companies have to do massive layoffs. And that's what happened to my company. They had to do massive layoffs. So me and like a thousand other people lost their jobs overnight, basically. So um, I didn't really want to go back into the corporate world after that because I found that kind of depressing that I could lose my job through no fault of my own. So I had like nine months of unemployment in California. So I decided to just run with playing with fire and see where I could go. Cool. And then for you girls, can you tell when a guy is very confident or when uh, they have game or like, you know, that they have what it takes to date you and court you? Yeah, I think for sure. I, I would call it charisma, though. I, I, I'm not sure that I would call it confidence. I think there's a difference. I think confidence, you know, you can have confidence without charisma, but charisma is like the ability to carry a conversation and like the way that people are drawn to talking to you and like engaging with you because you're interesting or because um, you're good at, at talking to people. Okay. Well, like that, when you said charisma and confidence, like then what's confidence then? Like what would you say, say that confidence is? Regardless of how good you are at talking to people, you will approach them um, and give it your all. I think, yeah, like like giving it your all and going in without hesitation. Yeah. I, okay. So like charisma is like playfulness, whereas confidence is just your ability to go direct and do any well, charisma is not playfulness it's just like ability to have a conversation or like ability to make that connection okay and then when it comes to like having a good frame like being able to hold a conversation um alex like how would you how did you start developing your frame because usually when you're trying to hold a conversation there can be pockets of you know, silence, awkwardness, maybe sexual tension. Like, how do you manage your frame and how do you know where to guide the conversation? Well, I think there are two separate things, whole uh, frame control and ability to hold a convo. Uh, your ability to hold a convo, um, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think of it like a muscle, like, you know, like if you constantly are out being social and doing social shit, you're going to be able to hold the convo. Uh, you know, I worked in sales for like five years. I had to like make small talk with like 80 year old grandpas. You know, if I can bullshit with like some old dude for an hour, I can certainly bullshit with like someone who's like my age and female for five minutes. Um, so yeah, I think it's like, it's just like a lot of it's just like practice, practice, practice. Also like not like really judging yourself too much. Or I think a lot of guys are worried like, Oh fuck, what if I say the wrong thing? I don't really worry about that. I just kind of say whatever comes to my mind. Um, you know, it wasn't like I was like prepared. I was like, okay, let me think Genevieve. Oh, fucking King Arthur. It's just like fucking the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, and you know, like when Unadi told me she's Indian, I'm like, Oh cool. I'm actually like fascinated by Indian culture to some extent. So like, okay, cool. Well, let me like fucking ask her questions about India. So yeah, I think I kind of just like riff off the situation. What comes to my mind. I think too many guys, they like kind of like suppress their, uh, 
Because it's like when you're hanging out with your friends, you typically don't run out of things to say. It's only when you're talking to a girl that you run out of things to say. So the problem isn't that your brain can't come up with things to say. The problem is that you're shutting down that part of your brain by overanalyzing and overthinking. Mm-hmm. So how much uh, is your interaction with girls like logical and how much of it is like intuitive and like feeling out the vibe and riding with it? It's like 90, 99% intuitive. Yeah. It's like pretty much all intuitive. Um, yeah. I, I don't sit there and like think like logically, oh, fuck, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? It's very similar to what I'm talking to like my friends. I'm not like, oh, fuck, what am I going to tell my buddy? It's just like, you know, whatever comes to my mind. You know, I want to, want to hang out with my friends. It's kind of the same thing. There's some differences because, you know, you're not trying to fuck your friends. So you want to add more sexual tension to the combo. Um, you know, and uh, stuff like that. But I think it's a pretty good overlap. Maybe it's like a 70, 80% overlap. Okay. And then for your girls, like, what are some turnoffs? You know, what are some turnoffs for you that guys do? Not asking me. Okay, sure. You go ahead. Not asking questions. For me, the biggest turn off would be like uh, asking questions, but not listening to it like properly. So, and like not, uh, you know, just listening like like from the top of their heads. Mm. Yeah. What, is it, what does it feel like then? Like if a guy's not listening to you, what does it feel like? Is it, does it feel like he's distant? Is it like... Feels like, not, like? My, not worth my time. No, but like, is it like something that... When someone's not listening to you, does it some does it feel like he's distant from you? Does it feel like he's does it look like he's not engaged in the conversation? Like what does that look like? Uh it's like if he's not interested in what I'm saying, then like what's the point of me having a conversation with him? There's no point. Like there's no like if you cannot not have a decent conversation, what's there? Okay. And then, so when it comes to now going to sexual market value and displaying yourself uh, with sexual market value, like what is that first off, Alex? And then what are some things you can do to raise that? Uh, sexual market value is basically how, it's basically like how attractive you are to the opposite sex. So, you know, for guys that will include things like your looks, your fitness, your status, potentially your money, depending on the girl. Um, yeah, like stuff like that. Uh, for a girl, that will primarily come down to looks. Um, again, it can vary, but yeah. So what you can do to improve it? Uh, well, you can um, go get a really good haircut where they, you know, line up your beard and line up your hair. That's an easy one. Uh, you can go to the gym and you can put on muscle. Um, you can um, work on rising up in whatever hierarchy you're in. So for example, I'm a YouTuber, so if I just become a top YouTuber, that will give me some status. But if you're like, a, I don't know, let's say a, um, I don't know, let's say let's say you're like an entrepreneur of some kind. Maybe you work in, uh, you know, drop shipping. Just rising up through that, you know, that will give you a little bit of status in that community. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's basically it. That's, that's like a very long, uh, very short version of the story. I mean, I have videos on this where I break this down in extreme detail. Uh, but yeah, just improving on, uh, all the things that the opposite sex finds attractive basically. And then for your girls, like what's a, what is something that makes you kind of turn your head and look at a guy? 
So maybe you're like walking around and then you just have to like look at this guy for some reason. Like what's something that makes you want to, that'll make you turn your head and look at a guy. Good hair, always. Well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what do you mean by good hair? Is it like, um, like a lot of product in it? Is it just like, you like more of a natural look? Not necessarily. It just like, you know, as long as there's some thought put into it, that's usually, that's usually it. If it's like, you know, I, I do prefer a certain length. Like I prefer more length. Um, but like just knowing that a guy can take care of his hair is like really attractive. Well, what if he's like bald, but he takes good care of his bald head? Then that's great. <laughs> like he shines his bald head every night before he goes to bed. <laughs> Still, would it be? I'm not sure. I would be very excited, but I would. It wouldn't be a minus. You'd like rub it for a good look every single morning. It, and the more I think about it, the less <laughs> I'm interested. But uh, I think for me, um, uh, it would be like some kind of body language or some attitude in the body language. Yeah. So you pay attention to body language then. Is that something that's very yeah. important for you? Yeah. What's a good body language for you? I mean, like, you know, um, have some kind of attitude in it, like, uh, knows what they're doing. So, like, they're I mean, it's just like a gut instinct. It's kind of like a gut instinct. You see a person and you're like, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex, like, what's a good body language, like, from you coach guys on this kind of stuff, too, like, what's a good body language and good posture? Um, well, a good body language is when you're taking up space, right? You're, like, you're not like this. You're kind of, like, taking up space. You're relaxed. Uh, yeah, you're kind of chill. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's basically it, actually. It's, it's not actually super complex. It's just about, like, are you scrounging and, like, leaning forward or are you relaxed, taking up space? Uh, yeah, like this, this would be good body language right here. This would be bad body language. So I'm the example of bad body language. Well, you know, you got that hoodie wearing you down. So that gives you a little bit of an excuse. And then, but does that help like your nervous system open up or like, what's the point of like having correct body posture and things like that? Um, they've done some studies and they show that when you, um, when you like kind of like uh, like stand up and you're like open up your body language, you're actually your testosterone goes up by 20 percent or something like that uh, for the short term. So I think there's some like uh, pharmacological benefits, but also you just look more confident, more at ease. Yeah, things more attractive in general. Okay, and then so I emailed you, Alex, and I mentioned how uh, having good frame has to do with spirituality in the sense of like. When you hold yourself together, it shows that your mind is coherent and it's like in harmony with itself. So um, I want to tie this into spirituality because I think it's very important to be present to the moment and also to be able to read the vibes and frequencies that the girl is giving off or that whoever in general is giving off. Um, oh. What does that have to do with spirituality, though? I feel like that's just, like, good social skills. I thought spirituality, correct me if I'm wrong, was, like, uh, like believing in, in something more after death. 
whatever. Like maybe not organized religion, but you believe in like the power of the universe or something like that. Yeah, because um, the starting point when I mentioned spirituality is awareness. So by being aware, like that's the baseline for everybody. You're aware. Um, everybody has awareness inside of them. And so when you talk about spirituality, you're talking about being able to fall into that awareness and being able to read uh, energy just in general. Uh-huh. So then that goes into more specifically like energy points in your body. Um, you can get into like stuff like how your body uh, holds your subconscious mind and things like that. And so when we tend to like feel each other out or like read by the frequencies, you're pointing your attention towards somebody and you're feeling out the energy like that. Um, an example of this would be like my sister, for example, she's very intuitive. And so she can tell, she can sense from like a distance, like, oh, something's wrong with Ezekiel. Like, um, and it just a thought that comes to her head. And so it's being able to know that we're all connected and be able to sense like things like that without thought, without, it's just connecting to that inner knowing. Does that make sense? Um, sure. Yeah. To me, that sounds more like intuition, but, uh, yeah, if you want to tie that into spirituality, I guess. Okay. Uh, maybe then I use the wrong term then. We'll just use the term like being intuitive. Mm, okay. Um, okay. So, but like, how, how have you developed your sensitivity and your intuition when reading people uh, over time and things like that? Um, honestly, just a lot of practice. Like the more you practice, something the better you get at it and then if you can evaluate the situation give yourself feedback so like i'm i'm constantly videotaping myself because i'm on youtube or whatever when i do debates whatever all this stuff i'll watch back my own shit and then i can like analyze my you know my performance and i'll have people who i trust to analyze it and get their feedback so yeah i think that's like you know the fastest way to get better at this kind of stuff so how do you become more socially calibrated? Like how, how do you figure out the wants and needs of somebody else? And, you know, cause some people will like kind of, uh, kind of hint at it and not necessarily say what they want and things like that. So how do you begin to dig deep? Well, yeah, well, whether I like, for example, when I work in sales, I had to figure out the wants and needs of my customer, even when they didn't communicate, if I want to get the sale, uh, before, you know, when I was doing more cold approach before the sales job, I want, I need to figure out the wants and needs of the girl I'm talking to if I want to go home with her. So it was always in my best interest to figure out the wants and needs of that person. Uh, so thus I was always motivated to kind of develop that intuition. Okay. But specifically how I developed it is just, again, just lots and lots and lots and lots of practice, honestly. I mean, your brain has like pattern recognition. If you've seen the same situation a hundred times or a thousand times, you know, you're going to kind of know what to do. Uh, versus if you've never seen that situation, you might have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And for your girls, like, how are you able to uh, use intuition to help uh, make better dating decisions or make decisions in dating, things like that? Can you repeat that? So like how have you used intuition to make dating decisions and uh, choose someone that feels right for you? It 
so like intuition i feel like comes like i think it's kind of more like a gut feeling right if you feel right with a person if they goes like you you just kind of know like gut feeling is more like okay yeah this is fun i can go around with this person and like more than intuition it most most for most of us it depends on the mood as, as well like are you feeling like fun right now are you feeling like what do you want to do like is this like a one night stand you want to have or like is it like um so you kind of like judge the person based on the basis of that and then you take an action mm-hmm. okay and then uh going into like online like text game and things like that like how did you start to calibrate yourself to where uh, alex like how did you start to calibrate your text game to where it's moving in the right direction and it's slowly um you start interaction maybe with a comment and how do you lead it to where the girl feels comfortable enough to want to go out with you based off of scratch like from maybe it's a random instagram a girl from instagram and she's like a random person you don't know like how do you take that from scratch and then build something uh yeah well it's it's no different than like getting better cold approach or learning people with sales i mean you practice over and over a lot of trial and error uh you look at other people who are having success and try to learn off their successes um but you know like you eventually get to a point where you can kind of gauge a situation pretty accurately most of the time so you're like oh this chick is not responding here's probably why this is what i need to do to turn this around um yeah i would say like something like that okay and for your girls like what's what's some of the best uh, texting, like texting that you've seen a guy uh, do? It definitely has to be um, a little bit like the, you have to stand out. So, you know, obviously it has to be something interesting that's, you know, not very basic. Um, I want like your personality to show through the text, especially because I can't like see you. Um, and so I want to know like, you know, what kind of quirks do you have? Um, yeah, and I, I want the conversation to be, um, you know, interesting, engaging. Um, and again, like, I, I don't want to hear what everyone else says, like the same thing that everyone else says. I want to hear, like, what's special about you. And what are some, like, common things that like guys say to you that's, like, repetitive or robotic? Um. I recently had a, a guy text that is attractive with a period at the end. Um, that's like, you know, like for that, it's like, it's like the tone's a little bit off the like, you know, it, it's not exactly interesting. It's not well-written. It's not, you know, a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I don't want to answer how was your day like a million times, or like, you know, what are you doing? Or like, you know, I think there are better, better conversation topics and also better ways to phrase it than like, you know, the basics. Okay. And then when it comes to like um, opening a girl, Alex, how do you develop a good opener? Are we talking about like cold approach or how or work? Both cold approach and texting. Um, well, 
for cold approach, I don't like really have like default openers. I just go with whatever comes to my mind when I see the girl. I think that's probably the best way to go. With uh, with Tinder, um, yeah, I'll either riff off something I see in her photos, or um, or I'll just do like a stock opener, like "Hey Trouble" or something like that. Classic one. <laughs> and then, so what's what's inner game, and then what's outer game? Uh, inner game is your attitudes, beliefs, your confidence, your charisma, all of that. Outer game is like the things that you do. So like, do you invite her to the bar, invite her straight over? Do you go for the kiss right away or do you wait half an hour? Do you, uh, do you use pickup lines or do you naturally free flow? That's outer game. Inner game is like what's going on in your mind uh, and your attitudes and beliefs. Yeah. And what, what were some like inner game issues that you had to work through and that opened up the door for you to have more success with women? Oh man. Um, when I was really younger, when I was like 18, 19, I had like low self-esteem. Um, a lot of that was just because I didn't think I was worthy of women. Um, and I didn't think the opposite sex found me attractive. So as I started seeing more success, a lot of that went away uh, by default. Um, yeah, I'd have to kind of like think on that because it's been so long. It's been like over a decade. And then, so you didn't have to, so you just took massive action. You didn't even think about uh your beliefs or anything or like trying to maybe do affirmation things like that you just took action and failed over and over again until you well i think it was like i had limiting beliefs and i when i got experiences that contradicted those negative beliefs those they went away like um i don't know one of the limiting beliefs i had was that uh you know you couldn't you can't have sex with a girl right after meeting her right you have to take her on a few dates blah 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 and then when I had a series of experiences where I fucked a chick within like 20 minutes of meeting, you know, then like that limiting belief started to go away. So, yeah, you kind of if you get experiences that contradict your limiting beliefs, then I think they start to kind of, uh, you know, go away in your mind. OK. And then in terms of like now, like determining like outer game, and things like that, knowing what places to go and things like that, how would you start to uh, think of places to lead a girl, for example, like. How do you start to figure out logistics? How do you start to put things together in that sense on the outer game side? Well, logistics is not that hard. I mean, you just invite the girl back to your place. I mean, there's really not that many options. Uh, but external game, I mean, some of it was through trial and error. Some of it was from, like, learning from other sources, like, uh, you know, R.S.D. Julian, Revolutionary Lifestyle Design. I mean, the place that, you know, I've always given credit where credit is due. So, yeah, it was a combination of trial and error and learning from others. Okay. And for your girls, like, how often do you get approached, by the way? In real life? Or yeah, via... Life. Never. Never? <laughs> okay. And how about you? Oh, you're asking how often do I get approached? Yeah, by guys. Okay, like... Like, since... I am a master's student right now. Everyone around me is like really focused on what they're doing. But like in bachelor's, uh, yeah, like quite a few. Okay. Yeah. And do you girls have any questions for Alex? You can ask my dog questions if you want. 
What's his name? Rhaegar. House of... Did you watch the House of Dragons? Of course. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's from Game of Thrones, but yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just finished watching it, so yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Good season. Good season, but yeah, like... Not, not at the mark. <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite as good as Game of Thrones season one. Right, right. But it's not as bad as season eight. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, I think we're going to wrap up here. Sure. But uh, thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you.